Yeah, the secret to wealth is to own nothing, control everything. Someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. Yeah. Death is inevitable. The question is, who do you want to win and who do you want to lose? If you do nothing, guaranteed the winner is not going to be you or your family. So if you want to take control and make sure you're doing right by your loved ones, you need to put things in place, period. Richard is the founder of Once Wills and Trusts, a boutique legal services firm providing advice and support to strategically protect and direct family and business wealth. We specialise in inheritance tax, estate and trust planning, including drafting of wills and risk mitigation from the loss of mental capacity. Are you thinking about building your wealth? Are you thinking about where to start or not knowing where to start in your wealth creation journey? At Property Wealth Education, we teach people how to get started, how to build an empire, and how to invest passively and actively using property in your wealth creation. Month in, month out, week in, week out, we have curated courses that is available to you, free and paid, and through our upgraded mentorship program, The Wealth Circle. So if you're thinking of building your wealth, we want to invite you to click on a, a link below the show notes on this video uh, to book a call with us. We'd like to have a chat to help you start to build your wealth, build a legacy for yourself and your family. So Richard. Yes. Welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I know you've driven far, you know, to come down today. Yeah, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So Richard, you 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 are the founder of, of Once. Yeah. You know, and for those who don't really know you know you first of all sure what 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 do you do good question so i i i like to say i, I help people to protect and direct their wealth uh, it comes quite a long or wide i guess remit so effectively education is a primary priority to help people understand what is wealth and why it's important to protect it and then help them with their wills um, and trusts and then if business owners who i work with quite predominantly understand how to have an exit plan and how to transfer that wealth down to their family members and loved ones. Very interesting because a lot of people often think about wealth is just about money mm. first. Yeah. And I always see there are a lot of other components yeah, yeah, that yeah. goes around the, you know, the wealth creation aspect of it. Yeah. And you, you just mentioned will, you mm. mentioned trust. Mm. And um, for me personally, I never knew what was the meaning of a trust mm. until I kind of started talking to you over, over the last few years now yeah. and I never knew you know what trust really helps people mm -hmm. mitigate mm -hmm. and it was just for me it was just about creating 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 yeah, creating yeah, it yeah. you know I, that was I mean for the first three three years of my journey for the yeah. first second year for the first year and then I met you and then you kind of went deeper mm -hmm. into kind of like oh it's good to make it it's good yeah, to yeah. create it yeah, yeah, yeah. but what happens if all these different things and then you really open up my mind yeah and you explained so many things you even came the other day and you spoke to the world circle community mm -hmm. about what it really takes to protect wealth because yes. the aspect of people building wealth but not actually protecting it mm -hmm. so what we're going to do in this conversation because mm -hmm. we really want the audience to kind of be filled with so much information sure first black people don't like to build wealth okay <laughs> all right yeah. and i'm very confident in saying that okay that black people don't like to build wealth yeah uh, because the statistics are there mm -hmm. 
the uh, National Wealth um, Watts um, actually says that black people are the rich, you know, the poorest people mm-hmm. in the food chain. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? That's a good question. I think from a perspective point of view, uh, it comes down to education always because we don't know what we don't know. Mm. Um, and yeah, we can put down... But we have degrees. all the degrees. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's... We're good Qualification, at that. Qualifications. Masters. PhDs. But, and I can talk about that because I've got, I've got them. But it doesn't mean anything unless you know how to use them or leverage them. And in this country... Um, Obviously, it's my personal opinion, but I don't think they're recognised uh, from a point of view of generating wealth. Unless you're in a specific industry serving someone specifically for their needs, that your skills and qualifications lines up identical with theirs. Um, and a, you probably hear it a lot. You don't know if you read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, and most yep. entrepreneurs and wealth people would say, you know, the A student probably end up working for the C students. So we're very good at. You know, some people might be very good at learning and. Um, answering exams and having the accolades which is fine but then to implement it practically speaking it's a challenge they just can't translate um, but to come back to your original point uh, I think it's down to just being exposed to the right information um, and then seeing examples of others ahead of them ahead of us making it work um, and sharing the knowledge as we come up. So we're putting everyone up together. Mm. And that's, I think we're good at that as well. We, when we're making it, um, we don't want to pull up others with us, which other communities, they do that. So, you know, I don't go into too, too deep, but ultimately I, my, I, my, I notice other communities, are, they share a lot. You can look at any community. You go to the coffee shop, you'll see communities in the coffee shop all the time in every area you go to you know most communities would have a doctor in there would have lawyers in there would have surgeons in there so everyone knows someone who knows somebody who knows someone and anyone who's wealthy they say to you i don't i'm not the expert i'm not brilliant but i know someone who can help me i know someone who you know they're very well networked so there's always someone who can ask their question you know in our community i'm not quite sure if that's it's easy to say that for me I would say it's easy to say that that we do know someone that knows someone I think the biggest problem we have as blacks Mm. is trust yeah you know we don't trust ourselves we always like you know we're checking you out if you're gonna do something bad to us yeah and then that goes into state right the government have to then determine yeah you know Who's who gets what if there's an equity, exactly, or rather if the mortgage is actually paid off yeah. completely? Who who gets what exactly? Now the children of the disease never gets that wealth being passed to because there wasn't there wasn't appropriate appropriate structures mm-hmm. for that to happen mm-hmm. when that person died, yeah. or there wasn't insurance to pay off the debt or yeah. the mortgage mm-hmm. for that equity to be released to the children. Mm-hmm. So wealth actually never get passed down no. to you know. It's the soul you know our community so yeah. the wealth never get passed down yeah so as an expert mm-hmm. you know first let's go to the root mm-hmm. why people never really have this education where do i start for me it's a school system if i be honest i think it's by design it is by design and so we have to think outside the box and not follow the narrative um that's 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 the real that's my personal experience and then it's the school schooling system so for example if you most people i imagine will send their children to private school not because it's a better education from uh in terms of the, the 
the syllabus, you know, the subjects, English, maths, etc. But you're networking your connections. Yeah. And, and so therefore you're exposed to more. So you'll learn more and then you'll see more. Um, so that's important. So I think it's down to education. Our school system does not teach financial education. That's by design. Um, so therefore, how are you supposed to learn? You go into certain jobs, even in the finance industry, and you're only taught what you need to know. You know, you do the financial exams, you're only going to get taught what they want you to know. And I learned that the hard way. Um, so you have to expose yourself or deliberately want to expose yourself uh, or be fortunate enough to be in a family or have friends who understand the name of the game or who've had experience of passing down wealth generationally to continue passing that baton on. So until that narrative is changed, it will stay the same. And so that's really my mission is to change the narrative and by and through education. So as a as a wealth protection expert, mm. so let's take let's break this down in steps. Mm -hmm. So first of all, for the average person who's not even an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. they they have a full time job. Mm -hmm. If they're to go on a on a wealth protection journey, mm -hmm. how does that look like for them? Talk so, us through that. Uh, first of all, you got to define well what is wealth because um, it's relative. A lot of people joke and say, oh, I don't need you. I don't have any money, which I think that's, if you're living in London uh, and you have, uh, if, if you have a life insurance policy, you own a house or you're due to inherit something over 325,000 pounds, then the government will perceive you to have enough money or they're going to tax it. Okay. So for someone who, as you say, maybe just on a full-time job, you're building up assets in some form. Maybe you've bought your first home because that's a dream for many people, wherever you're in London or wherever you are in the country. Um, and then over time, you build up equity in that property just by the nature of inflation and nature of demand and supply, etc. You will achieve some value in that property. Now, over time, your wealth will accumulate. That's just the natural progress of how things work. You know, you, you, age 30, you might not have much. Age 60, you've accumulated some, some form of wealth in one way, shape or form. Whether that's through pensions, whether that's through life insurance, whether that's through inheritance, whether that's through businesses etc now no one really thinks about well what happens they don't want to think about death um unless they've experienced it i mean, a friend has, has passed away or a loved one's passed away and they've realized oh things were not in place i better do something about it um because it's not a very good experience but ultimately once someone defines what wealth is and why it's valuable and then also um why they want to pass it down to their children um or to their loved ones and it's not just money, it's it's control, okay? So when I say control, I'm talking about if you have young children uh, under the age of 18 and God forbid the parents pass away, who do you want to raise or have parental rights over your children? And we assume it's, oh, it goes to their godchildren if it's our community, god, god family, godfather, godmother, but that's not the case. Or goes to my mom or my sister, or whoever it might be, that may not be the case. And if, even if it is, do you believe that your family members will raise your children with the same love and attention and guidance as you personally would? So that's wealth. Your family is your wealth. So who will look after your children? Number one. Number two, if, God forbid, you have an accident and we're no longer able to speak for ourselves to have uh, enjoyed a lifestyle and the welfare that we want and we're used to enjoying, someone else will dictate, dictate that on your behalf, namely the state or local authority. Um, is that what you want? Now the question, most people say, I didn't know that. 
So if I say to people, well, there's no such thing as a next of kin over the age of 18, most people are not aware of that because it's not taught. If it's taught, it's through a very bad experience. And so it's trying to wake people up to say it's not just about money per se, it's about wealth in terms of your family, about provision, about their provision and protecting what you have. Um, and if you don't, well, I say this, wealth is not how much money you make, it's how much you keep. So everyone can accumulate wealth during their lifetime. I did. Yeah. And I lost it. And I realized, well, what's wealth then? If you can, if you make you make loads and lose loads, what's wealth? Being able to protect it and have control over it is a whole different ballgame. Mm. So wherever you are in life, I don't care if you're, as you said, you know, someone in a job working, building up your career, or whether you're an entrepreneur in business and you've got millions in the bank, etc. Um, knowledge of how to protect the wealth is super, super, super important for various instances of how to pass it down, who you don't want it to go to in this country. Um, unlike the rest of Europe, divorce and the matrimonial laws are, I think maybe I say archaic. So naturally, no matter who's at fault, because there's no, there's no, now there's a no fault rule, half your wealth is going to be transposed sideways or to families that you may not even get on with are you happy about that and most people are like no or if if um the main breadwinner passes away for whatever reason and you know they've got a house and cars and savings and then the wife works or, or the, so the widow remarries and there's no provision in place and there's children uh those children could potentially be disinherited even by design because there's lots of predators out there who would see the wealth and prey on, on, on vulnerable people and that wealth is gone for whatever reason and it happens quite often people go and see it much or hear a bunch in the news so when you start to realize what's important to you whether it's a hundred pounds in the bank or a million pounds in the bank if you don't have any idea of what's going to happen to that or it's not going to go in the direction that you think it's going to go i.e pass down to your loved ones then you need to do something about it and if it's not written down then someone else will basically make the decisions on your behalf Wow, wow, wow. That's deep. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now, we've had a conversation on level. Mm. You know, a lot of people, you know, listening to this right now will probably feel like, okay, you know, their explanation of wealth would have, I mean, most people's definition of wealth is always money first. Yeah. You know, I've had a series of conversations in my life. I've been opportunity to have had a lot of conversations in my life and mm. sit in so many rooms when people hear about wealth first is money and then gradually distribute so many other things. But your very explanation here is no, wealth is at some point in time, you would have accumulated something, whether that be money, whether that be your children, mm. whether that being your career, you know, pension. Mm. This, obviously there's so many angles to look at it. Mm. So yes, if we have now been able to establish that wealth accumulation through different categories, you know, and in the distribution of that wealth, at some point it needs to be protected mm -hmm. and in the protection of it is something that a lot of people are not aware of it mm -hmm. so protection of your wealth is for example if you have children below the age of 18 what happens to those children god forbid the worst happened mm -hmm. say you're in a plane the plane crashes tomorrow mm -hmm. your children is your wealth because you've left them what happens to them mm -hmm. who protects them mm -hmm. do they go to the wrong auntie's custody exactly. or the wrong uncle's custody exactly. what if the children also choose to do something opposite, mm -hmm. you know, what then happens, you know, and yes, I'm from Africa, born, bred in Nigeria, and usually is the truth. 
this happens a lot where if a man dies you know and the woman remarries and the man the woman remarries to a bad husband mm. the bad or the husband turns the children of the diseased father into you know something else you know maybe a very wealthy man mm -hmm. all right he dies he leaves so much money the woman marries the wrong man mm. the man comes he squanders the money turns the man's the children of the father who did the hard work mm -hmm. into maids right drivers right. cleaners yeah. you know and actually punish them mm -hmm. where these children's future gets completely destroyed yeah. because for example there wasn't a will of mm -hmm. what happens to those children okay. and then what happens to the resources mm -hmm. you know and naturally because people are very scared mm -hmm. you know of saying i remember when i when i first started discussing putting a will together for myself mm -hmm. and somebody said but you're so young why are you putting that mm -hmm. why are you even thinking about it yeah I'm like, well, I should be thinking about it now yeah, exactly. because the, I always believe, you know, one of my mentors told me, said, the day you realize your destiny, which is that there is one destiny that's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I said, what is that? My mentor said, death. Mm -hmm. It's the destiny of every human being. Mm -hmm. That the truth that you, and this is something that people never agree to tell themselves. The truth is that yeah. you're going to die. Exactly. So if you know you're going to die and you've already prepared for it by actually making sure that your children who are innocent below the age of 18 cannot actually make decision of their own mm -hmm. you know is protected who do they go to mm -hmm. for education uh, fees who do they go to for well-being who do they go to for advice mm -hmm. somehow you end up raising children mm -hmm. that will be you know have to hear from the government yeah and to be honest would the government really raise your child well exactly. they yeah. wouldn't mm. so having established that fact that okay wealth protection is that is what wealth protection means mm. you know the wealth is your children the wealth is the money the wealth is the inheritance the wealth is basically that generational legacy mm. why is this something that is not discussed enough within i'm going to really tailor this around black people mm -hmm. Let the truth be told, mm -hmm. black people don't like wills. Okay. Black people don't like life insurance. Mm -hmm. I have in the past seen people that will say, even though they have life insurance, their wives, their husbands are not aware of it because yeah. sometimes they feel like if something happens, yeah. you know, the next person wants to take them out so they can right. claim that insurance. <laughs> okay. I've yeah. seen all different kinds of conversations. Right. Right. Let's make this real. Yeah. Richard, how can people overcome all these barriers and actually plan? Yeah. All right, whilst they're here, yeah. whilst they're gone, and how do you help them? Okay. So, um, it's, you've raised some good points. <laughs> um, and okay, we're going to focus on, on, on black people, but just specifically. Um, people don't like to talk about death. It's like, since you mentioned death, it's like, you know, you're jinxing something, it's a, it's a stigma, or you're putting something on them. And I'm like, well, that's, and I can understand, but that's not the case, you know, especially if in this country, you've got to start thinking about long term um, and I think why it's hard especially the older generation where the wealth you know we're the baby boomers there's a lot of wealth with our you know parents and grandparents in their 60s and older who have houses or have cash you know just sitting there maybe not doing much and unfortunately squandered um, or you know the children are like 
ready to to receive it, to spend it. They've already spent it in their minds. Um, so that this whole generational thinking is not been embedded. Um, and I'm not speaking. That's not everyone, but probably generically speaking, that's probably the, the case. So I always come down to education and are willing to want to understand. But there's a problem, but you don't know what you don't know. That's what I'm, I'm finding. And so when you start to educate or provide the information, the next stage I'm finding is the willingness to want to invest more in it. And then the cost of the investment is not always cheap. No. Um, and I find it even with families who who have like properties and a modicum of wealth. Uh, but when it comes to mention the word will, it's like, oh, £150. And I say, no, it's nowhere near that. They're like, look at me like I'm scared. But you happily pay the taxman £15,000 of stamp duty or, you know, capital gains tax or whatever it might be. But you could have just avoided that with just spending 1% of your wealth on protecting 99% of it. So I think it's, it's a lot of it is, I always keep repeating myself education, number one. Number two, it's um, if, if people don't know uh, there's a problem and I find most of the people who want to take action it's because they've experienced something negative. So it's happened to someone else or it's happened to someone there in their family. They've seen that it's a problem that could have been avoided they didn't listen the first time around. It's like, okay, you know what? I better do something now because I don't want it happening to me. And so then because of a negative situation, they're keen to put things right. Mm. Whereas if we could just go from the point of understanding how the law and how the rules just work, we would just put things right in the first place. Why wait for something wrong to happen? Why not just learn from previous mistakes just so we're doing everything else in life and put the right things in place early enough uh, so that there's no problems down the line. Just like a savings plan, you know, so when you talk about um, protection and uh, it's, it's funny when you say that people won't, don't want to mention it because they feel that someone's going to take it away from them or end them early. Um, that's why I deal with trusts and specialise in trust because it's, the secret to wealth is to own nothing and control everything. Okay, in this dispensation of how we operate with finances, um, ownership is not the best the best thing yeah control of wealth is the best thing and so once you understand the difference between ownership and control then you can put the right things in place without having to worry about someone trying to end you early or whatever it might be so for example whether it's a business whether it's a trust or whatever vehicle that you, we might decide to use if you know you, you're able to make the you make the decisions but you don't necessarily own it because it's not in your name personally, then you can't tax it, you can't take it. If you can't tax it, you can't take it, then you've got no problems. Um, I always use the analogy, you know, you've got a nice big mansion and maybe you have a daughter and, you know, young guys that seen all of this nice cars outside the front and the, the big house, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to walk into wealth. And then um, they get married and, and you know they have a conversation and the daughter says, well, it's not mine. It's not my mum and dad's. We just we just, just live here. So what are you talking about? You just live here. It's not mine. And then you, you might do a bit of research and realise on land registry, it's got nothing to do with the mum and dad's name. It's nothing on there. Can't find any history around, you know, who actually owns a property specific to the daughter and to the parents. And lo and behold, because it's in the trust, they don't actually own it. 
but they can enjoy all the benefits and live as if it's theirs. And so if you understand that concept, you don't have to worry about people trying to take things away from you because it's not yours. You see a lot of people going bankrupt and they're still living life as a king or queen. Why? Because there's, a, there's, there's a rules in place, there's things going on that they understand about the difference between ownership and about control. So I think if we can just educate people more uh, to understand how the rules of the game works in, in this Western world, um, then we can play the game better. And at the moment, the rules that we're being taught are not in line with the, with the game that's being played. That's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, I remember the first time we had this conversation, yeah. I was blown away. I'm like, yep, Richard, come on, get, <laughs> you know, get this done for me. So let's break a few things down there. You kind of spoke about, a little bit about inheritance there mm. and you spoke about trust. So let's kind of deconstruct a little bit. What is a, what does inheritance inheritance you know tax or inheritance mean mm. and uh, and again what is a trust obviously we're talking about a trust here in order to literally mitigate tax liability mm. now so for those who are listening right now and they they're not quite sure you know what is what does an inheritance tax mean yeah and uh, first you know uh, what, what damage does it cause and why do you need to protect yourself against it mm. and and then we'll move on to a trust as well you know uh what is trust why should you even set it up in the first place mm. and what's the purpose of it so um inheritance simply put is uh, or inheritance tax is if you have any modicum of wealth once you're over the age of 18 um, at the moment, the, the law states £325,000. And uh, you, if someone passes away with that type of wealth, anything in excess of that amount of money will be subject, to, in this country anyway, to, to tax. And the, the amount of tax is actually 40%. So 350K? 325000 Anything in excess of that? The government will take 40. Yeah. So for example, if, if your pension's worth a million pounds, when you pass away or when, uh, you know, if someone, if Fred passes away tomorrow, um, he would have nominated, well, I want that million pounds to go to my spouse or to my children or whatever it might be. So the children may inherit that money as a, as a pension or as cash. Now, if they inherit that money as cash, then it's the same thing. It's, a, it's another generational situation. They've so they, wealth. They will have to, they have to pay that tax. Well, it'd be taxed already. Okay. So they'd they receive it. Just say they receive a lump sum, whatever. Because I don't want to get too technical, but let's just say they receive seventy-five thousand. Or if it's a hundred thousand pounds for argument's sake, let's say they receive seventy-five thousand in their hands. Yeah. Well, that's seventy-five thousand pounds now in their personal estate. So if you make that a million pounds, and they receive seven hundred fifty thousand pounds in their personal estate, that's seven hundred fifty thousand pounds cash in their bank account. They are now subject to the inheritance tax if they pass away. So they will now have, there will be a 40% on that 700. Yeah, if they die and they do nothing with it, unless they spend it all, it's, it'd be taxed. So we call this generational inheritance tax. Wow. So we've got to plan how to transfer wealth free of tax. So that you don't get hit by that 40% yeah. given to the government. Yeah. yeah. I mean, someone put it like this being a custodian of wealth, raising up your family members, even if it's just one person who's the most astute financially to protect the family wealth from generation to generation to generation, because that's pretty much how the wealthy do it. On a nutshell, at every given point in time, mm. if we don't have the appropriate structures, 
yes, your say for example, my father died, gives me seven hundred fifty thousand pounds inheritance, and which is already being taxed, mm-hmm. right? You're saying because it's a is a pension, all right, and the seven hundred fifty thousand pounds wouldn't need to be tasked by the government at 40%. However, if it's then given to me in cash, mm-hmm. if I don't do any sort of protection around me, mm-hmm. all right, and putting, you know, get someone like you to kind of help me out, mm-hmm. and God forbid something that happens to me, mm-hmm. right, then what happens is that the £750,000 that I, I have, all right, 40% kicks in. Yeah. And I can't pass it across to my son. Or my well, you, children. You can. You got during your lifetime. You can. You see your money, right? So you do whatever. You but if I don't do protect it, it I'll but be hit by. Yeah. If I don't protect it, I'll be hit by forty yeah, percent. Effectively, yeah. So on a nutshell, forty percent plus maybe if I was already doing business, mm-hmm. I would have been obviously paying twenty percent tax. Mm-hmm. Again, if I hit the threshold of over fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds, which means I would have been taxed on actually another forty percent again. Okay. Because the threshold of income, yeah. if you're if you're earning below fifty thousand, you're paying twenty yeah. yeah. percent. If you're earning above fifty thousand yeah. pounds, and part of the reason why a lot of people are kept poor, by the way, mm-hmm. people are kept poor, by the way, because um, they don't want to earn above fifty thousand yeah. pounds because they don't want to pay forty percent tax. Yeah. yeah. And a lot, of, which is one of the reasons why Section Twenty Four was introduced. Yeah. yeah. The government introduced Section yeah. Twenty Four if you're earning. Uh, fifty thousand pounds already, and if you then go and build a property portfolio and you earn another fifty thousand pounds, that's a hundred thousand pounds. You're charged forty yeah. percent on the new fifty thousand pounds income. Yeah. So on a nutshell, you're not literally making money, no. even though you think you're making exactly. money. Well, this is obviously deep now. Yeah. All right. So part of the reason why you need to be speaking to to Richard, so he teaches you how to protect all of this. So now, my next question is the will. Uh, so is the trust. Yeah. So what is a trust? So a trust is a, the simplest way I can put it, is a device, a conceptual device um, that will allow you to utilize the law, I wouldn't say manipulate, but utilize the law such that you can separate two different types of ownership. Okay? Um, so in, in, in law, okay, I'll just stick to the UK, um, we own something. So let's say, can I borrow your phone for a second? Yes, please. So this is your phone and you own it. You have a receipt for it. Now that receipt will basically say that you have the title to this phone. Whether anyone can see the phone or not, you have title to it. So if you did go shopping wherever you shop, whatever you know, supermarket you shop, and the alarm goes off, they don't ask to see trolley the first thing they ask you is where's your receipt where's the proof of ownership yeah okay so that's what we call our title with a house we're in property same thing how do i know you own the house here's my title now that title in this country is divided in two ways uh beneficial and legal legal now by default it's wrapped up in one and we just call it full title so with knowledge you say right well how do I just separate the beneficial part, the enjoyment of this asset? Let me just use the phone. But when it comes to paying the bills, just like our children, daddy, can you pay the bill, please? So they have the beneficial use of the phone and we have the legal use of the phone. Right? We have to back. pay the bill and we can take it back. We, and we dictate. So I might say to my daughter, well, you can use it between the hours of 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, you can only spend this much amount of money um, per, per week. So I've laid down the rules as a legal owner. And as a beneficiary, my daughter, she'll use the phone. And when it comes to pay the bill, it comes back to me, the legal owner. So if we understand this concept, that's how law works, hence it's not taught in schools, 
maybe not many solicitors even understand this to be fair unless they specialize yeah, in the no area love, no love um, specialist area isn't it it is quite specialist so ultimately now we can manipulate that and say right i'm going to set up a trust and i'm going to now write it down to say that the beneficiaries are these people and the legal owners are these people and they may be the same they may not be the same and then we're going to put this property in this construct called a trust which now defines um, legal title and, and beneficial ownership and from that area now the trust owns the assets and then it has offices that have their parts within this construct just like a business you've got the directors you've got the shareholders and then you've got the customers yeah similar type of scenario so that hopefully i've explained a, a basic element of trust i think the best uh, my favorite one of my favorite scriptures is, is matthew i think it's matthew 17 um and uh, Jesus basically, um, Jesus and Peter walk in and it's uh, time to pay the temple tax. So you, you're probably familiar, I'm yeah, sure you are from yeah, that, that, that scripture. And so um, I'm paraphrasing, but effectively, the, you know, the, the tax guy is saying, you know, you've got to pay the two denarii uh, coins. And Jesus says to Peter, so, you know, who's supposed to pay the tax? Is it is it the sons of the kings of the earth? Or is it the strainer, strangers? And so Peter says, well, no, master, obviously it's the strangers that have to pay the tax. So Jesus said, well, less, you know, since that, well, since that's the case, why are we who are the kings, sons of the kings of the earth paying tax? But lest we offend them, let us pay. So what Jesus is demonstrating is we're the owners of this world. We own, we own it. If you're the owner, you don't pay the tax. If you're a landlord, you don't pay the tax. The, the one who's renting the property should pays you. Yeah. So there's a reason why we're paying tax. So ultimately, the point I'm trying to make is that was a first trust because Jesus didn't come going to, yeah, he was a rich man, right? So he didn't have to go into his own vault. He didn't go and say, Peter, go into my vault and get two denarii coins. Peter was a fisherman and he said, you go, the first fish that you, you see, you take two coins out of his mouth and pay the tax. So that was a first trust. So Jesus and Peter were the beneficiaries, okay? Um, the tax man was obviously collecting the tax. The and Peter was the trustee because he had to go and do the work. He had to go and actually pay the tax man. He communicated with the tax people, negotiated, etc. So that's the definition of the first trust. If you understand the construct of a trust, so you got someone who sets it up, who owns the asset, someone who benefits from the asset, and someone who has to administrate the asset. Wow. Sorry, I don't want too technical. Yeah, I could talk all day about it, trust, it, it, but I'm trying to make it a, a reality in people's minds. Yeah, I mean, this is part of why you know uh, we have you as an expert within mm. the property wealth education structure, and as well as we, we we we're bringing you on this podcast, you know, so you can you know share a little bit about it. You know, it, it's it's deep. These are things it took me a long time to understand. Mm. You know, and a lot of people are buying assets and accumulating assets. They don't even have it to trust. And we, you know, I remember the first time we had a conversation about how big do I want my property portfolio to go? And I basically say, I, I don't know if you remember when I said my vision is to build in this country, mm -hmm. you know, within the next 10 years, which is up, is out there anyway. Mm -hmm. It's part of my mission statement that by the year 2023, we want to hit a hundred million pound in assets. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, you basically said, okay, you know, a hundred million pound in assets, but what is the exit? Mm -hmm. And that was 
you know a big eye opener for me so uh, for people who are like me who like okay let me build a hundred million pound in asset oh actually hundred million is too big let's say 10 million mm. you have a you have a 10 million pound in asset mm. your debt level is 50 percent mm. your equity is 50 percent mm. so which means you owe the bank 50 percent of that money five million bank is mm. all to the bank five million pound appreciation or maybe uh deposits that you put in in accumulation of it mm-hmm. so um and then that asset of 10 million less is generating 1 million pound a year mm-hmm. net mm-hmm. how does a trust become beneficial to that kind of structure okay so um i'm hesitating because it's not as straightforward as that but to keep yeah. it really really simple um assuming listen let's, I mean, let's ignore the laws yeah but just just let's before I, concept, let yeah. me before you actually explain i yeah. just quick out drop this in so that yeah. it's when you actually give the answer so yeah. it can be very well understood by the or by the audience yeah yeah the smart property investor yeah. would obviously set up a structure mm-hmm. you know a, a structure when yeah. you start to make that sort of money yeah so you mitigate you know tax on your income yeah you mitigate against uh capital appreciation mm-hmm. in the future as well mm-hmm. so uh, obviously this is why they say the rich get richer the yeah. rich keep getting richer yeah. and they keep accumulation they yeah. keep accumulating wealth keep yeah. up accumulating wealth whereas the uneducated investor will own that one million pound yeah. and pay it's tax on mine. one million is all mine yeah and then uh, and then obviously the assets keep you know you know keep appreciating so which means even yeah. if you sell you exit at 10 million yeah. and you pay the debt of 5 million back mm-hmm. and then you have 5 million left now so you'll be taxed yeah. on the 5 million pound that is left yeah. so again that would be over 40 i mean that would be approximately 40 percent exactly, exactly right yeah and so, yeah and you've hit the nail on the head okay we got to understand that there's different entities in law we've got individuals as you mentioned already yeah so the tax rate for an individual is not the same as the tax rate for a corporation. Yeah. The tax rate for a trust is different to the tax rate for a corporation. Yeah. The tax rate if you are living abroad is not the same as if a ta- you know if for tax rate for someone who is living in the UK. That's where you find most wealthy people have residences all over the world. Yeah. And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So you got to start to either have advisors. You can well not either. You must have advisors. The wealthier you get, the more lawyers you're going to need ultimately. Yeah. To help you. So to answer your question, if an individual was to accumulate I mean, um, 10 million, 10 million pounds, pounds um, and five, I mean, five million of that is in their personal name, they're going to have problems. Yeah? Because to help that individual, uh, unless they're prepared to invest at least 1%, 2%, 3% of that wealth to protect it, and, and their age is young enough that they've got the time to, to, do it. to, to make it work, this is where the problem comes in. And, and, and when I speak to people like that, um, they're in two categories. Either they're switched on and they know they need to make, spend money to make money or like, they can't see the value in spending some money and so then they don't realise that they challenge. Or even though you can explain to them until you're blue in the face, they think they can get it cheaper elsewhere. Um, but ignorant people, yes. That's the problem I see. So some people are happy to spend. I speak to millionaires and no, it's not a problem to spend... 20, 30, 40, 50 grand to protect 10 million pounds, okay? But some people are like, why would I pay you that kind of money? But I said, well, you'd rather spend, what, 300, 400, 500,000 pounds in tax? Do you understand? But people yeah. don't get it. So it's being business savvy, the wealthier you get as well. Yeah. Um, it's not just about the accumulation. Um, so 
if I explain like this, I, one of my early mentors said there's five facets to wealth. I think I might have mentioned it in the, in yeah. the yeah, podcast before, in the training before. You need to have the ability to make money, manage it, okay, protect it, leverage. If you don't understand how to make money, you're, you're stuck. If you don't know how to protect it, you're stuck. If you don't know how to leverage it, you're stuck. And the last one is having access to the right information. Yep. Yeah, we talk about intelligence. About intelligence. I like my spy movies and it's all about the right intelligence. You get the intelligence wrong, it's all over. Okay? And so you have to be able to master all five of those areas. Making money, managing money, protecting money, leveraging money, and getting access to the right education. So yeah. you are an education specialist as well as a property specialist. People are doing well because they're happy to leverage um, their time and energy to learn from you. They're investing in themselves to get the right education, to get the right knowledge. Okay? Um, they are buying the right properties. They're doing whatever that you're telling them to do. They're learning from that. And so now it's like, well, how do you protect all this wealth as we go along? If you can't major in those five areas, then technically speaking, are you truly a wealthy individual? And so to, to answer your question, anyone who is in that bracket of 10 million, 100 million, whatever it might be, even if you can't do it yourself, you've got people surrounding you that can guide you in the right way. So you'd rather pay let's say 10% of your wealth to smart people and write it off, by the way, for tax, then try and be, on a, be a cheapskate and then lose 40% altogether. Doesn't make sense. And that's not just an inheritance tax. I'm talking yeah. about your exposure to being sued, your exposure to all, you know, just to just protect the assets, like how money was created in the first place or what we know as money now. You know, we use notes because walking around with gold and silver bars was dangerous. You couldn't walk from town A to town B with, you know, 10 kilograms or, or 10 pounds of, of gold or silver because you'd be susceptible to be robbed. Whereas a, a note folded up, who's going to find it or who would understand the value of that? It's the exact same concept. If you don't understand how to protect what's yours, you're going to lose it. Mm. The other side of it is someone who's savvy would have other structures. So they wouldn't have it in their own name. They'd have their own businesses and those businesses have share structures yeah and those share structures would be probably put in other entities that can't be taxed or even found yeah so that's how their wealth is protected so on paper they literally are broke but the wealth if they say well i need a million pounds tomorrow their lawyers would know what to do yeah and that's why the wealthy people always get wealthier isn't it because right. let's be honest wealthy people mitigate tasks a lot <laughs> so obviously there's two things they say right avoidance of tasks or evadience yeah evade? evade, evading and avoidance so yeah it does evade yes yeah. evading and avoiding so evading is illegal avoidance the new word now is mitigate yeah <laughs> yeah so the new word is mitigate yeah. now but this tax avoidance is yeah. a crime Right. Well, if you avoid, if you is yeah. it evasion or avoiding? Evasion is the crime. So evasion yeah. is a crime. So if you don't want to pay tax yeah. at all, or you're doing something dodgy, dodgy. to not pay, it. to not pay, yeah. it. but you can you can mitigate. Whereas it. avoiding, in the old sense, was planning in the right way within the rules. You can bend it so much, but not without breaking it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and is allowed. Yeah. You know, it's legal. Yeah. And interesting, and this is one of the reasons why I borrow a lot, mm. you know, and people don't, which is the mitigation part you spoke about. Okay. All right. You, you spoke about leverage mm -hmm. and mitigation. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that when you, when you leverage, the more you leverage, mm -hmm. the less tax you pay. Mm -hmm. Because when you leverage, imagine, I'll use an example, buy refurbished finance, one of the most interesting property strategies out there. If you buy asset, 
and the asset goes up in value. So for example, you buy an asset for £100,000, you don't work to it, now it's worth £300,000. If you sell it, mm. you take note of your cost, you take note of your of the purchase, rather the investment, mm -hmm. all right? And if you sell it, say for example, the, the, the investment was 100, the uh, cost was 100, mm. and now you have £100,000, which is profit, mm. you're going to pay tax mm. on the 100000 mm. which would be £20,000, yeah. you know, 20% tax. Yeah. Now, if you leverage against it, which is instead of selling it, if you loan, if you go to the bank and say, dear Mr. Banker, can I have a, a, a loan on this 300000 mm -hmm. and the bank agrees and gives you maybe 80% loan mm -hmm. to the 300000 mm -hmm. you've actually just leveraged mm -hmm. and you can actually release all that money mm -hmm. and then obviously your tenant in the structure you mentioned pays the rent mm -hmm. okay month in month out you've just had access to a, a, a huge cash injection that you will not pay tax on mm -hmm. however if you were to sell it yes you're going to have similar amount of money mm -hmm. but you're going to give away 20% mm -hmm. You know, in the tax structure which we're mentioning here, if you fiddle your book not to pay that twenty thousand pounds and you get caught and get get caught and find out, mm -hmm. you've just committed a crime. Yeah, because you are meant to pay twenty percent mm -hmm. of that exactly. money. Yeah, all right, which is a hundred thousand pounds. That would be what twenty k. Mm -hmm. All right, and you because you fiddled your book, you're gonna have issues. Yeah, but if you leg legally leverage that money, yeah. all right, the same money comes into your bank account, exactly. but nothing to pay that's what you're saying you're learning the rules of the game and you're playing it yeah and that's that's all we're trying to say what are the rules first what are the rules first so we can play it better and who are the professionals guiding you exactly you know and that's the problem we don't we're trying to play a game that we don't know the rules to yeah and, 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 and to answer your original question people don't want to invest in themselves to learn the rules or invest in others to, to help them play the game better mm. in the first place and that's the problem what is a will then? So the will is is a trust, but it only comes alive when someone dies. It's your written, your last written testament. It's like what you want to see happen when you pass away. So if it's um, any assets you own, who do you want it to go to? You know, what uh, in what capacity? Um, is there any provisions around the gift that you want to make to those people? So for example, um, you own a house together. You, you, you know, um, husband and wife, um, you know, own a house together. Let's say your husband passed away first, um, and he says, "Well, depending on how the house is owned, which is, I won't get into too much detail, but ultimately, do I want my wife to still stay there? If she remarries, should they still stay there? Um, what happens after my wife passes away? Does the house get sold? Do the children have it? Do we just divide equally?" ask questions to find out what they want some people have very specific wishes like you know heirlooms to pass down generation to generation etc but ultimately it's your wish or your um yeah your wishes that you are putting down in writing to see uh, it passed on and being uh, activated or implemented and so some your speak your voice is being heard when you're no longer around so it's interesting you say your voice is being heard when you're not around, which is the will. Mm. Now, in bringing all these three together, have I missed anything else that in your wealth creation journey mm. or wealth, uh, you know, protection journey? So first you have to go on the journey of creating wealth and then you have to go on the journey of protecting it. Mm. Is there anything else that, you know, that anyone 
that is embarking on this journey needs to be aware of apart from the fact that yes we spoke about the insurance part which is a different kind of conversation we've had an episode on that mm-hmm. and in the new year we're going to be coming back just basically enlightening people the reason why they should get protected mm-hmm. which is insurance mm-hmm. and then the reason why the the protection of the actual distribution of the wealth which goes into inheritance tax mm-hmm. uh trusts and as well as a will is there any other pillar that 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 the audience needs to be aware of that we've missed yes uh mental health um so because the will only becomes active when someone dies uh a trust is normally specific to a particular type of asset um but what happens when someone loses their mental capacity in order to voice what they want they're no longer able to be taken seriously because they have mental issues they have mental issues but they're in a house worth 10 million pounds and no one knows what to do with it or no one has the control to sell it or you got the court needs to make a decision mm. because the individual no longer has the power to do so and then the challenge is the family members are suffering because nothing can be done because the person who can make the decision is not legally compass mentors to do so and that happens in your personal finances but also in your health decisions as i said there's no such thing as a next of kin over the age of 18 so a medical practitioner could veto a spouse or family decision to not do something without an instrument in place to say the family have the final say for example um i remember on one of my tiktok uh, videos I was talking about the same top, topic and she goes her daughter um, the, the doctor switched off the life machine because the boyfriend told the daughter to do so they didn't hear they didn't listen to the mother the boyfriend she's not even married and so the, the, the machine was switched off from the boyfriend say so rather than the actual family say so because the doctor can choose or decide to veto the decision of the family if they want to same with a local authority um, if someone's having care needs some type of care for example um, whether they're paying for it or the council's paying for it uh, if there's this instrument's not in place the, the, the local authority could decide well we want you to live in that care home that could be very horrible and not very nice and the family don't like the food that's being utilised or they believe they're not being looked after very well and the family said I want them to live at home but the local authority said we don't want you to live at home and the family can't do anything because they don't have the necessary legal documents in place to make that happen. So, interesting what you just said right there. We're also saying that we can protect ourselves from what happens should we become mentally incapacitated. Yes. All right. Uh, it, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Incapacitated that you can actually protect against that mm. to say this is exactly what happened mm. if you know if i am unwell or if this happened if that happened if that happened now does that mean that that can't just happen naturally so for example let's just say i'm unwell mm-hmm. i can't talk mm-hmm. situations happen my wife can't just make an instant decision on what happens how can people really start literally putting things in place especially think, being in a country like this yeah. where rule of law i think it's important I think everyone over the age of 18 should have a will because a will is just a piece of paper on the face of it yeah it's I, I look at it like um, going to a nice restaurant you know some people might just want my start with dessert I like I'm a free course man yeah that's probably obvious but the bottom line is this you decide what you want what you need 
to fulfil your your appetite and and for your, and for what you need for your circumstances. Yeah. Same with a will. You can have a very standard will because you know situation doesn't warrant a complex will. But ultimately, you need a document that states for every part of your life journey because our stages of life takes place. You're single. You get married or you have children, you get married, then you own property or you start a business, you get into partnership with a, with a business partner, you start having other types of assets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that will could be thin or thick. Bottom line is it's doing something to make your life and the people, your loved one's lives easier. So I, I don't care, once you hit the age of 18, I think everyone should have a will. Two thirds of the population um, do not have one. Two two thirds of the population do not have yeah. one, and ninety percent statistics ninety yeah. percent of black people mm -hmm. don't have anything don't ha don't understand what is an inheritance tax. Yeah, ninety percent of black people don't understand trust. No, ninety percent of black people don't actually have a will. Yeah, and, That's the and the challenge is what I'm finding more and more, and it's very frustrating. Um. In fact, uh, Mr. Forbes was, was talking about this with his, with his advisor. I don't hear many um, specialists talk about probate in in the right way. Yeah. Now, probate is basically um, the government's ministry to prove your wealth. So that is inheritance tax due or tax due or not before the wealth is transferred to your beneficiaries. It's not just a straightforward, like in Europe, it's in the media. It's, it's a process. And if you have a mortgage on the property, for example, um, the rules changed in 2013, where every debt must be satisfied before the certificate called a grant of probate is issued. So in other words, the beneficiaries cannot actually access the house in, you know, have it in their name or get the keys to sell it or anything else without this document called a grant of probate. And the grant of probate cannot be issued or will not be issued unless all debts inheritance tax, mortgages, any other debts are satisfied. Now we've got this vicious cycle. Say like you've got a house of equity in it, that you need to sell the house to pay the mortgage off. But no one, no solicitor in the land will sell a house unless they can prove that you have the right to sell it. So if someone dies, the only thing that tells you you've got the right to sell the house is a grant of probate. So no one will buy your house. So you can't pay the debt off. Yeah. But if you can't pay the debt off, you can't get your grant of probate. So you, you're stuck in this purgatory situation, locked in for years, can't do anything at all, unless now you have to borrow externally, finding someone to do that. And that's very specialist as well, because if you borrow the wrong way, there's more inheritance tax to pay than, than normal. Um, and so people don't understand this whole, that's why insurance and what Adrian's doing is so important. Having, the way, the way I see it is, risk mitigation just assess the risk in anything you're going to do and and try and put the right provisions in place to make it work if you don't invest in the right education to get that yeah there's going to be problems and when we talk about i'd say my black clients a lot of them have been misadvised because unfortunately my industry is unregulated so you can have someone um who's probably just Maybe made retirement, do a, a, a two-week course, and they're a will writer. That doesn't mean to say they understand estate planning. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm. So there's things that they don't know. 
And so the, the, the advice you're going to get is all you're looking at is, oh, how much is it? Oh, 150 quid. Oh, I'll get it. But you haven't been told what you should be told. So I'm speaking to clients in their 60s, 70s, 80s and said, what? You spoke to, and even solicitors, unfortunately. So you spoke to this solicitor and you're trying to tell me they didn't explain inheritance tax to you, knowing that your value of your property is X, knowing your wealth is Y. No one explained this to you? No. Now, the argument could be, well, was it because the person says, I just want the cheapest will, so I'm not going to explain these parts? Yeah. Well, And I'm like, well, no. If you're going to sit in front of me, I'm going to let you know what you need to know. And then you make an informed choice. If you want a £150 will, fine. But you can't say you didn't know. Yeah. And that's the difference. you got to get yourself in front of the right people and don't let money be the deciding factor as to who you're going to speak to. So the government will give you a will. Yeah. And then that allows them to take the 40%. They'll do what they want. Or they'll do whatever they yeah. want. Well, it just doesn't... If your circumstances is one, one thing and the government will, because you didn't write your own, is opposite to what you would have personally would have liked to have seen happening, mm. it can cause a problem. So let's close this conversation with this case study mm -hmm. because I don't want I don't want us to give too much away today we'll, because you're, you're going to be coming to do more and as well as get, you know for those who wants to kind of reach out to you the link to Richard's uh, appointment calendars will be somewhere around the show notes by the way so Richard let's just say the worst case scenario someone owns a property mm -hmm. all right they've got a mortgage of five hundred thousand mm pounds. -hmm. They got an insurance of four hundred thousand mm pounds. -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or oh, actually, the mortgage is four hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. All right. They have a uh, insurance of five hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Life insurance. Life insurance. Yeah. Okay. And they don't have a will. And All the right. Property's worth how much? They don't have a trust. Yeah. Okay. And the property is worth a million pounds. Okay. What happens? So, if they don't have a wealth protection strategy in place, okay. should the worst happen? So the assumption is worst case scenario. Yes. That means that the, the, the life insurance is not in any kind of trust. Um, so what will happen is, okay, the government will would say, um, the first, assuming they're single, the first 322,000 pounds will be passed to, well, assuming they're married, so the first £320,000 will be passed to their spouse. Yeah? When I say married, they have to be married. If they're not married, then everything will go down to their children. If they don't have children, everything will go to either mum and dad if they're alive, or aunts, uncles, half-brothers, step-brothers, down the line, and then down to King Charles. That's the government will. So the question is, if you don't want your wealth to go to your siblings or you don't have any and let's say your, your parents are not alive anymore and let's say you don't get on with the rest of your family members will you be happy for that wealth to go to them now if you are married the first £322,000 out of that million that you mentioned because you've got life insurance plus the equity I think it's about a million pounds roughly only the first £322,000 goes to the spouse most people think everything goes to the spouse not unless you say so yeah then the rest is split 50-50 between the spouse and the children. If the children are under 18, that's a big problem. They say the spouse wants to move. They can't because the children are under 18. And they have a say. But the, 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 the they would have a trustee in place. And that trustee may not be the spouse. So it gets complicated. It gets messy. And then if the wife... Let's say it's... 
how properties are owned is another problem. Most people own their properties in, in joint names. So if one person dies, 100% of the asset goes to the surviving party, which is a problem. So let's say that was a scenario. I mean, it's a worst case situation and that spouse remarries and it's a divorce. You're hard work and you just passed away. That spouse remarries and then divorces with no will. Everything goes, or half of it goes to the new spouse. If the spouse dies, 100% of the wealth goes to the new spouse. Mm. The children have nothing unless the, the, the new spouse decides to honour the, the, the deceased person's children. And they've got a blended family. So I know I've just created something almost out of nothing. This is what happens when you don't have your own will. It becomes messy. Everything's tied up. No control. People can potentially lose out. And then it spirals out of control because the date of death is a date of death. And let's just say this is a mess for five years. And the house and the date of death was worth a million. And in five years' time in London, it's worth 1.5 million. Do you know when who, when, the, when the inheritance finally worked out that the beneficiary will have to pay capital gains tax on that, that increase? Because of the mess that their parents didn't sort out before. So it just gets worse and worse and worse. So that's why I'm trying to say, I know it's a, you, you started with a very simple concept and it can end up infinitely messy just because of everyone's situation is different. Everyone's circumstances is unique. People from different backgrounds, different scenarios, different situations. And I have half the stuff I've not even mentioned. So it's so imperative to get the right advice. Wow, Richard. I think as we go through our 2024, it's going to be exciting because there's a lot coming through. Um, on the World Christian University, we are going to be putting a mini program in there for people to listen so that they can be able to, you know, have a consultation with you. I know your consultation is not free, by the way, uh, because there's a lot of Q&As and a lot of things that go through. So Richard can actually tailor um, your one-to-one uh, -one situation uh, whether you are a professional civil servant doesn't matter property developer yeah. wealth protection is wealth protection exactly right yeah so but it's tailored one word Richard before we go before we finish this episode on this podcast why should anyone right now pay attention to this topic that is very difficult we've just this this conversation we've just had is a very difficult conversation yeah death protection yeah. what happens when you're not here mm -hmm. what is tax mm -hmm. mitigation what is the trust and mm -hmm. it's a very tactical conversation though we've tried to make it very simple what is that one thing that you want the audience to take away from this so it's a deep question um you heard the term zero sum game Zero sum game. Sum game. So when you invest in the stock market, someone's gonna win and someone's gonna lose. Yeah. So no death is inevitable. The question is, who do you want to win and who do you want to lose? If you do nothing, guaranteed the winner is not gonna be you or your family. End of story. So if you want to take control and make sure you're doing right by your loved ones, you need to put things in place. Period. Period. You guys you heard it from the Mr. Once himself. All right. Make sure you reach out to Richard. So Richard, I think I um, I missed this part. So just quickly tell us about Once. Yeah. So I mentioned it earlier. The secret to wealth is to own nothing, control everything. 
which is what once it's an acronym it stands for own nothing control everything um history wise um because of my own personal circumstances historically i realized that trust and being able to ring fence assets is the key to protecting yourself and that's why i understood the story of once is, is basically i think it's the rockefellers i think it was david rockefeller um he had like 300 million dollars in, in a year this was over a hundred years ago, so it's a lot of money. Yeah. And the journalist says, how do you make that money and not pay one single penny of tax? And he said, well, the secret to wealth is to own nothing and control everything. And from the time I read that article, I never looked back. Wow. And guys, get used to his face. Uh, he's going to be, you know, uh, popping up a lot uh, within the community um, and as well as within our education program. And again, it's going to be uh, every quarterly, we're going to be hearing a, a, an episode from him, you know, just kind of give you guys an update, different things around your wealth protection. He's wanted to create wealth, is another to pass it down, is another to protect it. And here is the expert. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. For being here Enjoy and uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. I'm so excited uh, for, for those who are in the community and to our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Cheers.